Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on this week's episode, Adam Burrish and I look back at the home opening set against the Detroit Red Wings last weekend and sit down with Kevin Lankinen, who has had quite the opening week plus to his NHL career in goal. We should note that this episode and our interview with Kevin were recorded before Chicago's two-game set in Nashville. It's been a busy week as the team pushed their point streak to five straight games, but nonetheless, we hope you enjoy this week's episode of Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Everyone loves a hat trick. Well, your local Chevy dealer has a hat trick to get your attention. If you're in need of a new vehicle, but don't want to visit a dealership, check out Chevy's shop. Click and drive. Shop online 24-7. Take delivery at home. It's simple. It's seamless. It's smart. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to locate your Chevy dealer and schedule a test drive today. Shop, click, and drive. Drive what Canaan Taves drive. Welcome back to Blackhawks Insider. Carter Baum alongside Adam Burrish after Burr. What was an eventful weekend at the United Center? The Blackhawks taking a pair of victories over the Detroit Red Wings. 4-1 on Friday night, 6-2 on Sunday afternoon. Burr, we saw quite the offensive explosion from Chicago back in their friendly confines. Yeah, they looked they looked good. I mean, obviously, we, we, we can keep in mind that it's a Detroit team that is clearly doing a rebuild. A lot of young guys, a lot of guys in situations um, that they're not used to being into. And um, But who cares, right? I mean, that's the NHL, and you, nobody feels bad for anybody in the league right now. And you go out there and you try and win hockey games, and this is a Blackhawk team that needed to find a way to get some wins, get some confidence, feel good about their game. And um, any night in this league, I don't care if it's the best team or the worst team, uh, you can lose a hockey game if you're not ready to play. And the Blackhawks came ready to play both games. They came ready early. They started on time both nights, and some young guys contributed and had monster, monster uh, kind of opening first time and no fans in the arena, but the first time Blackhawks on TV, national TV on a Sunday afternoon game. And, and how about a hat trick for, for P.S. Suter? Yeah, what a coming out party for Puce Suter. Three goals becomes the first Blackhawks player to record a hat trick in his first six NHL games since Art Summers did it in 1929. Basically, he tied two Blackhawks records, both dating back to the 1920s and early 30s. The first Blackhawk to score uh, his first three goals in a hat trick game or score a hat trick within his first six NHL games. A long history there that he was able to match. We'll get into his performance in a little bit, but Burr, you touched on taking advantage of an opportunity when it's there. We talked just last week about the Blackhawks seemingly building with each and every game. How important was it to take advantage of, even if it's a team in rebuild in Detroit, just like the Blackhawks are, and a team that was missing a couple of players on the COVID list as well, how important is it to take advantage of those situations and build confidence? You could see the confidence building from period to period, and over the course of both of those games over the weekend, by the end of Sunday's game, it seemed like the Blackhawks were ready to take on anyone, and they had that own internal confidence going that they could score almost at will and also got things going on the defensive side of the puck as well. Yeah, I, you know, coaches, you know, I've said over the years that I played for and you know, every time as a player, you'll, you'll get called in for a meeting or something. You'll look on the board and you'll look around to see what your name is on the lineup. But coaches, oftentimes they look through a, a schedule at the start of the year or, or chunks of the year. They circle games for certain goaltenders, certain players, uh, and certain they project kind of where you think you're going to be wins, losses, 
when to push, when to kind of back off. And, and when you get those games that you circle that you expect to win and you have to win, you take them. You also get games when you play teams that have a couple guys that are injured or some, some of their star guys may not be playing that night due to some injuries. And those are games you got to take those points and you got to win. And then you know you can kind of build off those. And I think these were two games the Blackhawks looked at and said, if we're going to get back on track, these are two games. We're back home right now uh, against a team that's got some players on uh, that are out and some young guys that are that are new to the league. Let's see if we can jump on these guys and get two wins. And they did. Um, we've talked about uh, confidence for young players, and you know I know we're going to talk about the goaltenders. How about some confidence in net too? We saw that this weekend also. Yeah, Kevin Lankinen gets the nod once again on Friday night for his second straight start. He started the last game of the Florida road trip last Tuesday, put forth a big performance, had a big stop in overtime. We talked about it on last week's episode, a good performance from him, another five goals on the board in that debut, but man, was he a confident goalie on Friday night, going out, getting his first NHL victory, getting the starting nod on Sunday. Again, of course, you got to ride the hot hand, does it again, a big performance from him, some 50 saves combined on the weekend between the two games and absolutely the lead dog in the goaltending fight right now. Yeah, he's the lead dog right now for sure. And, and as players, you talk about timing in your career all the time. And, and for Kevin, the timing was perfect for him. He got to jump in against the Detroit Red Wings team that um, that I think this team felt confident playing against. And they played great in front of him. Um, and he looked great in return. Um, he looked confident. I, I give a lot of credit to the structure of the team that, you know, I want to say the defensemen, but that's the forwards are included in that, but the structure and the way they played. And I read some of the, the clippings from what the guys said after the game. And that seemed to be a theme too, a, a solid structural game all around keeping pucks to the outside, closing on guys in the defensive zone. I know that's been a theme for this team. The last couple of years is just taking away a lot of time and space quickly in the defensive zone, not thinking so much, more reacting to guys, and and you've got some big defensemen. You got Connor Murphy, uh, who I always think of with a big, long, strong reach, and he just closed on guys so quickly, gave nobody to any time and space in the D zone, which kills plays. Uh, so you don't have sustained own time, go- zone time, and goaltenders love that. And so it was a it was a team effort there. Um, but boy, Kevin sure looked good and made the saves he had to make when he needed to make them. 55 combined saves for Lankin in 30 on Friday night, another 25 on Sunday afternoon. You touched on Connor Murphy. We'll get right into him. He's got a career-best four-game point streak going right now, coming off the two Detroit games, heading on the road to Nashville as the Blackhawks face the Predators on Tuesday and Wednesday. Connor Murphy's a guy playing with confidence right now. He hit 100 career points on Sunday, uh, coming off a career-best scoring season last year. He continues to take a bigger role with his team, and he leads the team in time on ice through six games. He seems to be stepping up year after year. This, I think, could be a big year for Connor Murphy. This is about the time in a, in a defenseman's career when um, they kind of they, they hit their, their, uh, their stride, they find their confidence, you know, it's 250, 350 games is about that time. Maybe late 20s is when you, you, you find your game. Think, you know, I think back to Duncan Keith. He was five years into the league when he became the Duncan Keith that we all know. It wasn't year one or year two um, when all of a sudden you start winning Norris trophies. It takes some time for a defenseman. Um, longer than forwards, uh, your mistakes are magnified more the defensive position and um, kind of finding your role and finding your game defenseman. Now I, I give Connor a lot of credit too, because now defensemen want to be offensive. Everybody thinks the game now is offense and having to make the flashy plays and to jump up in the play and be that offensive guy. And well, Connor's done that the last few games, but he's also 
a really, really solid defenseman that's hard to play against. And big guys in today's, in today's game, if you're big and you can move and you can also handle the puck, you're really, really valuable because little guys don't like playing against big defensemen, that they're tough to get to the net on. Connor blocks out guys really, really well getting to the net. He's strong on pucks, and he seems to have found that confidence. Year three, four here in Chicago now, um, you know, when he first got here, keep in mind, the comparison was Nick Jarmelson, right? That's who he was having to replace. And that's a hard, that's a hard thing to do, a three-time Stanley Cup champion who people are expecting you and comparing you to. And I think he's he's been allowed to forget about that now and just play. And he looks more calm. He looks more confident. And this is the guy that when they brought him in, that, that Stan and the staff, that, that they projected he would be. And he's certainly kind of finding his own right now. Um, and he's if there's a shutdown guy right now for the Blackhawks, it's Connor Murphy. You want to talk about a guy playing with confidence, Burr, and uh, Pia Suter has to have uh, loads of confidence coming off of Sunday's performance. We talked about it as hat trick. I, I found the stat here, um, you know, dating back to the 20s and 30s. He is the first Blackhawk to score three or more career goals in the same game, his first three or more career goals in the same game since Bill Kendall did so. Uh, I, I'm sure you remember this game, Burr. It was, it was a fantastic uh, outing for the Blackhawks, 1933 when Bill Kendall did that, and just a second Chicago skater to register a hat trick within their first six career games. Uh, Art Summers, also uh, 1929. I mean, just speaking to the history, when you've got a franchise that's been around for almost 100 years, uh, Pew Suter coming out and, and setting records or equaling records like that, something that hasn't done, hasn't been done in almost a hundred, uh, years is, uh, quite the feat. Three goals on Sunday and three very different goals. Uh, his first one, just cleaning up a rebound, driving the net, uh, very, um, you know, dirty goal going to the net on the power play. The second one, he set up perfectly in, in the slot for a quick uh, one-touch, one-timer. And then the third one, walking down on the wing in the third period, he's got Patrick Kane on his right, says, no, I've got this shot, and just puts it right into the back of the twine plus Jonathan Bernier uh, for his hat trick and you know, just speaks to the skill he has in so many different ways. Yeah, I'll start with the third one, and and I can guarantee you, after the game, the guys in the locker room were all laughing to Kaner, saying, "How about Suter looking you off, man? Looking off the future Hall of Famer and burying it for his hat trick." But all the guys were server screaming, and Kaner too screaming, "Shoot the puck! Shoot the puck! Get your hat trick!" So, um, some I'm sure there were some laughs in the locker room about it, but. Uh, nobody probably more thrilled about him getting that hat trick than Kaner. But I told you last week, Carter, if you if if you listen to the guys' interviews in the past couple of weeks, and especially Patrick Kane's interview, talking when they asked him last week about Suter, when you read between the lines on and when you hear these superstars talk about certain players, there are certain things they say that kind of should catch your attention. Well, this guy, it's not just the the canned answer. It wasn't like, yeah, he's a good player, he's growing. It was you could tell Kaner liked playing with him and sees things in practice. Uh, that grabbed Kaner's attention that said, this guy can play and I'd like to play with this guy. And I think we could do some damage together. And that's what you saw this Friday and Sunday was um, a little bit of chemistry there, but a guy that understands the game and he sees the game real well. And, and I liked how they pointed out in the broadcast with uh, Edzo um, that Mark Crawford actually coached him. The Blackhawks assistant coach coached him in Switzerland. Um, he also had Austin Matthews on that team. But so these are, these are guys that, uh, when they come over here at 24 years old, man, they don't look like young rookies anymore. They don't, they, they've got some nerves. Don't get me wrong, but the situations that they're in and, and knowing when to pass, when to shoot, uh, momentum in games, they're older, they're a little more mature and they're stronger on the puck. And 
Um, but the, all three different goals, and I can tell you, coaches love when young players bring the puck to the net and they get, have a nose for the net, and they and they're not afraid to take a puck in there and not looking to pass all the time. And that's what Jeremy said. The one comment he said after the game about Sir was, "What I liked best is that he didn't pass that puck to Kaner at the end of the game. He he had the confidence in himself and said, "No, I'm taking this one and I'm going to bury it." And he did. Um, he's been a fun player to watch, and I think he's going to be an exciting one to watch here throughout the year. Murphy described him as a as a just a, a silky player, a really um, skilled player on the puck, can really kind of do whatever, but he's also kind of got that grit to him as well in his game. I mean, how how difficult is that to find, a player who can not only have that offensive streak but can get back on the other side of the puck, can play a little with a little physical streak in him and just seems to be a very well-rounded addition to this team? The, uh, you know, again, it's a, it's a credit to the Blackhawks scouting staff because when you can find uh, – a little bit older players and older 24 is older now, but a uh, 24 mid, you know, mid 20 year old guy that plays over in say Switzerland or Sweden or Germany or some of those European leagues, they are very, def- it's a, it's an offensive league. Don't get me wrong. Those guys put up big points and the ice is bigger and, and the skilled players can put up a lot of points, but uh, defense is a priority over there. I played over there and it wasn't, it wasn't uncommon to have games where the shots were 20 to 19 or 24 to 20 in shots. And it was tough to get a shot on that because the ice was so big. So guys that put up points over there, they're not, they know how to play defense too. And the coaches demand that over there. Um, but the guys that can score, boy, they can score because they're creative. They know how to use the time and space that they're given. Um, the skill level is really, really high over there. Um, so when you find those guys, that have matured a bit, understand the game. And if you can pick one off and bring them over here, look at Dominic Kubalik. Now you got Pia Suter. These are guys that, that are big time NHL players that know what they're doing. And uh, they've been groomed the right way over in that league. And if they decide they want to come over here, um, you can sure find some good ones. And the Blackhawks have two of them right now. Not only did they find uh, Pia Suter over in Europe, but they, f- they brought in Matthias Janmark, uh, another European player from Dallas. In the offseason, he had a three-point weekend. Uh, he got his first Blackhawk goal on Friday, uh, maybe a little asterisk to it, an empty netter, probably not the first goal you want to score when you're part of a new club, Burr, but uh, he made up for it on Sunday, a goal and assist uh, in the 6-2 victory, another player driving the net who one thing I think we talked about before the season started was he was always classified as kind of that two-way depth player, not really an offensive contributor. He's been offensive at times in his career, but he said, I still have that streak in me. I can still score goals. Yes, I'm a two-way player, but I also have that offensive upside. And we saw a little bit of that on Sunday. I mean, he's getting more involved uh, with some of the opportunity he's getting uh, and a goal and an assist on Sunday. And, um, just kind of being in the, in the right place at the right time, he's being used across the lineup across. He's on the, He's on a penalty kill. Uh, got a little power play time as as well. I mean, what do you think of Matias Yanmark in these two games? And I think continuing to grow into his new team. Yeah, I think that's you know when you ask people around the league about him the last few years, uh, he's been a guy that that teams have wanted to be um, kind of that second, third line checking forward that has some offensive upside that can score and has some touch around the net and can make some plays, but uh, they want to be responsible defensively and, and have that gritty part to his game. And he has it. Um, the, the thing with players is trying to get that balance. And as they get older and as they get 
more mature and play more games, they figure that out and they figure where that balance might be. I, I think a guy on the, on the current team that does that as good as anybody in the league for the last seven or eight years, 10 years is Andrew Shaw, a guy that has that grittiness to him, but then you can throw him on the power play and he's got touch around the net. He can distribute the puck. He can make plays. Um, so those are the, the the types of player that that Yanmark I think would want to be and, and can be for this Blackhawks team and you saw you saw it uh, a bit this weekend. One last thing to touch on: we were talking about the guys who had strong offensive performances against the Red Wings. Alex Debrinket, one of those guys, a three assist weekend for him. Uh, but the news of the day, Burr, early in the week is that both he and Adam Boquist were added to the NHL's COVID protocol list. Um, it, it's a wide ranging. A uh, string of events that can get you on the COVID protocol list, but essentially, uh, these guys are going to be unavailable for the foreseeable future. They can't travel with the team to Nashville. Uh, that today they cannot participate in practice games. Uh, I mean, you can get on this list for an initial positive, uh, waiting on a, a secondary confirmation positive. Uh, it could be if you're having symptoms, you can be mandated to go into isolation or if you've come into contact with someone who's deemed a high risk, or if you have it outright, I mean, there's a couple different reasons you can fall onto this list, but the one thing that matters and the one thing that we know is that Adam Boquist, Alex Dabrinkit, unavailable for at least the foreseeable future, you know, at least a couple of days here until things get sorted out. Um, but the biggest opportunity here, Burr, is for some of these other guys that are either scratches on the roster or have been part of the taxi squad here early in the season. And uh, we've, we talked about it last week when your opportunity sets up, you have to take advantage of it. And uh, as much as the Blackhawks are going to miss those two guys in the lineup, there are six or seven guys that are on this team right now who could step right in and, and have their opportunity as well. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, those are two guys, uh, Boquist especially, is, is he's a guy, you know, if, if I'm a coach of that team, I want him to string 10, 15, 20 games in a row together. And last year he started to get some momentum. He gets hurt. Um, so that one's when you get younger guys that are going to have to sit out for a while, you, you, you want them to gain momentum. So that's tough. Um, and then Cat, he had, I loved his start to the season. I think you can see he's had confidence. So tough losses for the Hawks, but y- you've got guys now with with the you know, the taxi squad that they have, and you're going to get young guys, and you're going to get energy guys. It's generally, teams across the league are all going through this, and they're going to go through it, you know, as the as this continues for the next months, certainly in advance. And so you bring up young guys, and you bring in guys that are generally going to be energy guys. And and you know you talk Walmart, you talk Matthew Heimer, who's going to go in there, and you know what you're going to get out of those guys. Predictability can sometimes be a really good thing in hockey, so you know you're going to get the Blackhawks' fourth line has been one of their best lines. Now it's tough to replace goals, and you need offense. And these are two guys that are going to be out that bring offense, but you're going to insert some energy and some direct play and some straight ahead guys and. Um, you know, I've, I've played in a lot of games and played in a lot of teams that those kind of guys, they can sneak a game away for you and you can win a tight game with some energy guys that are hungry and desperate and want to stay in the lineup and they'll do whatever it takes to win a hockey game. So we're going to see for the next, uh, well, certainly here in Nashville tomorrow, um, some new guys that are going to take those guys spot. You look at some of the, the names on the roster, the taxi squad, you got Lucas Walmark who came out on Sunday in place of, uh, Carl Soderberg making his Blackhawks debut, Matthew Highmore. Mackenzie Antwistle, Reese Johnson, and then 
on the back end, Boquist's uh, replacement could be some of the names of Nicholas Bodan, Lucas Carlson, or Wyatt Kalnuck, another uh, another young guy looking to make his debut, bring some energy to the lineup. Uh, any one of those seven guys can do it, but um, you know it's it's an opportunity, and like you said, it's it's a chance for these guys to step up. I mean, Alex DeBrinket, you touched on his strong start. He's second in scoring right now for the Blackhawks, uh, six points in six games, uh, really a strong force on the power play. Um, and Alex Brinkett, just or I'm sorry, and uh, Adam Boquist, just like you said, uh, a guy who is starting to step into the zone. We talked to him last week and starting to build that confidence. So you, we, of course, wish them the best. We want the, them their health first priority, but uh, whenever the time's right, we, we definitely want to see them back out on the ice for the Blackhawks as two, two key pieces of this team. Yeah, the, uh, the other piece – with Debrinket being out as the power play and that Blackhawks power play, they've been deadly right now. And and that we talked about the last couple of weeks that can win hockey games for this team. And is going to, they're going to need to stay hot. If this team wants to stay on a roll and keep winning hockey games, the good thing you talk about depth, will you take a right shot out with cat on that low dot, that low seam pass for the one timer? Well, you're probably going to see Kubalik in that spot. Now, another guy that can hit a one timer real hard and real nicely. So I'm certain that tomorrow night we're going to see Kubalik on that left dot, and Kaner on the right side, sliding it back door to, to Kubalik, and hopefully they can they can find that chemistry. We've seen it before. So you talk about replacing guys and where they're going to fit in, and obviously when you lose a top power play guy, it can be it can be tough. But thankfully the Blackhawks have another right shot that they can slide in there for the cat. Enough about us. Enough about uh, some of the strong young performers over the weekend against the Red Wings. We're going to hear from one of them right now, Burr. We have Kevin Lankinen uh, joining us here now, and so we'll toss it to him without further ado. We are joined now by uh, the new man on the scene, Kevin Lankinen. Uh, Kevin, I have to ask you, a big week for you. You get your first NHL start uh, just about a week ago. You come up with your first two NHL wins over the weekend, three straight games for you in goal. Have you had a moment just to kind of soak in what the last week or so has been like, or uh, just think about this path that you've been on uh, over the last couple of days? I know it's a very condensed schedule, but have you had any of those moments to just kind of look back and, and reflect just for a, a minute? Yeah, I mean, it was a great week for sure. Just a lot of new and and uh, good experiences for me. Um, a lot of good learning lessons too. And I think after the early game on Sunday, I got a couple hours uh, in the night and just sit and enjoy kind of the feeling, enjoy the the victory and kind of see where we at. But at the same time, I uh, I know we have a condensed schedule and we got a lot of games coming. So I'm excited about the the challenge ahead. What did the coaches say when you first when you first got here? We all know there was three goaltenders that showed up and you guys were all going to have a chance to compete here. And obviously they wanted one guy to grab this thing and say, hey, this is my net. Seems like you've done that over this past weekend here, but what's the communication been like with the coaches and, and kind of having three goaltenders around? Yeah, I think it's been really clear from day one. It, they've been saying that it's a uh, open competition. Um, they want somebody to step up and take the job and not everybody's going to get a fair chance. And I think that's the case so far. And um, obviously we're still early in the season. So um, I'm, I'm just going to keep working hard and uh, trying to earn uh, every single start, every single night to to earn the net, then I'm just uh, happy I've got a couple of good uh, chances to prove myself. And I think I've been doing a good job, but still there is a few things I want to get better at. And we're still working hard with Jimmy, with the Coley coach. So uh, I'm excited about the future. 
What's your confidence level like just in your own game and, and maybe a comfort level with each passing game that goes? I know you mentioned after the first game that it was a good experience for you. You got kind of your feet wet. And it seems like with every passing period, you're more and more comfortable out there as the starting guy between the pipes for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, this is the opportunity I've been preparing myself for for 20 years. I've been dreaming of playing in the NHL since I was a little kid. I've always visualized myself being in the net, whether it's in United Center or whatever arena. I've always wanted to to be the guy between the pipes and uh, help the team win. So uh, I think, as you said, every single game makes it so much easier because uh, it's still a new team for me. New guys, lots of uh, new D around, um, a new system too. So I think it's an adjustment for me, but a lot of guys on the team as well. And I think... Uh, in general, we're just getting better every, every single period. Do you ever visualize yourself taking shots from Patrick Kane every day in practice? What's that been like uh, looking down at 88 coming at you every day? Yeah, that's a great challenge, actually. It's it's fun. I mean, uh, he's probably the one of the best, best shooters in the world, and you face him every single day in practice. It's only going to make you better because um, – if you know he, you're gonna you're gonna stop Kane or you're gonna stop a lot of other guys too, so uh, it's been fun. I want to take a step back because you have been in the Blackhawks organization for a couple of years. You played down in the ECHL level with the Indy Fuel. Uh, you got some time in Rockford. Really started to come into your own last year, and then right as you're getting comfortable, you you injure your shoulder. You go. You have surgery. You're out for a while. You come back just in time over the summer to go with the team to the bubble, but you're just kind of a passenger there. I mean, what has this last maybe year been like for you with kind of the highs and lows of, you know, starting to really find your own at that level and then the surgery and then you're with the team, but you're not playing. I mean, what has this experience been like for you as a, as a 24-year-old netminder? It's been a good good learning experience. All the, the ups and downs, like you said, I think that's part of the job. Whether it's injuries or success or failure, it's, it's going to happen over time. And I think... Throughout my career, I've been really good in facing adversity and trying to to turn it into positive. And I think uh, even the injury gave me a lot of time to work on some things I probably would not have worked on as much. I I put some time in the gym to make my feet a whole lot stronger, my core, which has helped me on the ice. And then uh, being back in time for the bubble, I think that was big too because... Uh, you were able to spend like two, three months with your teammates, and that was super intense. You mean, I mean, I was, we were hanging out every single day. We were eating together and just talking hockey and talking life. And you get to learn these guys, and they get to learn to know you as well. I think that made my adjustment for this year so much easier. I've talked to a couple of your teammates too, and uh, you've given them a lot of confidence, and they uh, they've been they've been uh, I don't I, they've been impressed by the way you've played and the way you handle yourself, and I think I think you intimidate Kaner sometimes in practice too, uh, shutting him down. But what what are things? I know you got a great goaltender coach and Jimmy Wade. What are some of the things you talked about? You want to clean up in your game and work on? What are a couple of those things? Yeah, I mean uh, with Jimmy, it's pretty simple actually. He's always talking about good habits. You got to have good habits because that's going to save you every single night. Uh, you're not going to feel like a hundred bucks, like a million bucks every single night, but those habits going to save you. And I mean, with habits, just how you find the puck, you you track where the puck goes after your save. You always sit with your feet before the shot comes. And even, even just a small thing like uh, just being prepared for everything, you know, when the puck is in your zone, it's going to take a second and it's 
in front of the net. So you got to be always set with your feet. And I think uh, we're still working on a pretty detailed stuff with Jimmy. Um, that's goalie stuff. I don't know how deep I want to get into it with this, but uh, <laughs> it's been get, it's been great. I, I, I enjoy working with him and I enjoy working with all the other goalies as well. What's the communication been like between you you and the defenseman? I mean, how does that grow from game to game and you kind of get more comfortable um, playing the puck and with each other's style? I mean, that could be difficult, not only you, but a couple other goalies. What's that communication been like with, with the defensive group? I think we're starting to get there. Um, like I said, we're still early in the season. We're learning to know each other. Um, I think even for me, just to learn to know some of the habits that somebody, somebody have when they come and get the puck or how they like to block shots. Um, I think that's one area we can still improve on. And I think that's going to come with over time with, uh, with all the game and uh, experiences we're going to have together. But I think uh, just the group of guys we have, it's really open-minded and it's easy to talk about stuff. And even, even in the last game, me and Hunter had a good discussion between the third and the second period just about how to communicate and play the puck behind the net. How many games out uh, do coaches tell you when you're playing? I think we all assume after what you did this week and how great you were, we're going to see a Tuesday in net against Nashville. Do you know any further than that, or do you let your mind go any further than that, or is it just the next game and then and then you wait and the coaches will, will give you a heads up before the next game? How many games out are you guys planning on, or is it just one at a time? You know what, Adam? Actually, my mindset is just go day by day by day. Um, at the end of the day, it's not my job to to think about the future or plan who's who's starting or not. That's the coach's job, and uh, I'm just gonna prepare myself every single morning to to be my best when I jump on the ice, and uh, everything else is gonna follow. After that game on Friday night, I mean, you you spoke during your media availability about how special that moment was for you at the United Center, and um, just you know, kind of realizing your dream, getting your first win. Who was your first call after the game? Who were you sharing that moment with uh, after your big victory? Yeah, obviously that was big. Um, my my fiance and my family and my friends are back in in Helsinki in Finland. So with the time change, it's been a, a challenge for them to stay up all night and watch these games. But I've been super super happy to hear that so many people have been supporting me and watching the game, whether it's two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning. So. Um, I just called my fiance. She's been my biggest backbone for the last eight years. She's always been there with the ups and downs, and she's really good with just keeping me cool and uh, kind of not have to worry about hockey too much. She's been a, a professional skater herself, so she knows the pressure and she knows how to what it takes to be a top athlete. So it's kind of kind of cool to have that kind of a support right next to you. You teach what? What does she teach you about skating? Anything? Yeah, actually, it's funny. She's a better skater than I am. So <laughs> whenever we go out in the wintertime, I, I feel embarrassed because she's such a good skater. But no, it's been good. Um, just because of uh, she got that experience from competing on a world world uh, top level in the world championships in uh, figure and synchronized skating and knowing what goes inside of an athlete's head when you prepare yourself and uh, even when you how you deal with yourself after after the competitions i mean it's such a big privilege and such a such a good positive thing to have around you i know you guys just got to nashville about an hour and a half or so ago two hours ago what's what's your schedule the rest of the night now you guys are at the hotel i know things are different now so what, what will you do now the rest of the night to to prepare and get ready for tomorrow yeah, we just had a good uh video session with uh with jimmy the goalie coach and then we 
watched a couple of clips with the team from our last couple of games. And I think now I'm just going to have a good dinner, um, maybe read a good book, um, listen to an audio book, try to just get my mind off of hockey for a little bit. And uh, tomorrow is a new day and a new challenge. And uh, I'm excited for that. What's the experience like on the road this year? I mean, you don't have a ton of uh, NHL games to look back on in, in different road trips pre-COVID, but what's the environment like in these hotels and just kind of, I know you guys can't venture out too far, but you know they have areas set up where you guys can kind of still hang around each other within reason, have some time together and um, just get to know each other here early in the season. Yeah, I think they have done a, a really good job with the facilities. Even here in Nashville, we got a couple of big, big meeting rooms with uh, ping pong tables and playstations. I saw a couple of guys just playing playstation there before the meeting and uh, Guys like to hang around at the dinner room too. They have TVs, you can watch sports and just just sit down and have a good conversation with uh, with your buddies. But at the same time, I think it's important too to get your mind off of hockey. Sometimes you can't go 24-7 hockey because you want to save the energy when it actually matters the most and that's when the puck drops. So at least for me, that works, works best to sometimes just uh, take that time by yourself and... Uh, uh, enjoy a good book or a book or a, a movie, and just uh, relax a little bit. Who's the best gamer? If you got a PlayStation there, everyone's playing. Who's who's the top dog? Yeah, I know we have a, a lot of good gamers here. Um, I know Boki and all the younger guys play a lot of PlayStation, so uh, you probably should go with one of them. One of them. That's a smart answer. Well, uh, Kevin, we appreciate your time. We know it's uh, the night before a game, so uh, you got a lot more bigger things to focus on than sitting down and chatting with us, but we appreciate your time and best of luck. Congratulations on the last week, a, a big week in your career, and best of luck going forward uh, through the next couple of weeks and through the rest of the year. Fun to watch you play this weekend, Kevin, too, and, and keep it rocking, man. You're doing a great job. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, that is Kevin Lankinen for Kevin and Adam Burrish. I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Tapes drive.